Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. Today is episode 22. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today uh, we have a very two special guests. Uh, our first return podcast guest in the history of the Smoke and Rope, Robin Schneider, and then uh, Ida. Um, so, Ida as well from the MICIA. <laughs> and uh, we're very excited to have you on today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And then uh, Tom over up in Kalkaska at Real Leaf. Uh, what's happening in uh, Kalkaska? It's uh, it's hitting December. What's the weather been like up north? Uh, we're <clears throat> lucked out so far, man. We are able to pour the concrete for the floor for the greenhouses this week. So uh, unseasonably warm. Okay, that's good. That's awesome on the greenhouse. And then... Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, and then uh, Kevin over at True Cannabis. Kevin, how's uh, everything's how's it going? going good, today? Ryan. Sorry about the delay there. Uh, just got caught up with all the stuff all I got good. going on, buddy. So I appreciate you guys' patience. All good. All good. Sorry about that, Ida. I was uh, deciding whether to call you Ida Pearl Lee or Ida Lee, and I apologize for that. So oh, no um, it's all right. It's all good. All good. <laughs> so. Um, uh, so Robin, of course, has been on the show and uh, we've done uh, introduce Robin is the executive director of the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association. All the listeners know a lot about uh, Robin's past and uh, I'm sure listened to the first show. And, uh, you know, we're very thankful that Robin is on. And then uh, Ida, uh, first time on the show, um, just a quick, quick background and I won't do any justice. And I'd like to let her kind of explain uh, her story and why today's a special day as well. And, you know, I, I got out of prison and uh, I was reading about Ida and uh, working with her daughter, Bella, and I got out and uh, Robin was just, you know, just t- constantly talking about Ida, Bella, Ida, Bella, and, you know, learned learned what was happening while I was away and the significance of how much Ida and her, her, her daughter had an impact on where we are today in legalizing uh, marijuana and medical, especially the medical marijuana in Michigan. So many... Uh, so many, so many hearings, bills, um, you know, interviews, uh, press conferences, you name it. And uh, it's, it's cool now I've gotten to know, know Ida and she's a great person and she's got a lot of cool stuff happening in the future too. Uh, I don't know what she can talk about or not, but there, it's cool. But besides that, Ida, uh, first of all, Robin, thank you for being on and Ida. Um, if you could, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, introduce yourself and, you know, tell us uh, if you could why today is so special. Sure. My name is Ida Pearlie and uh, I'm the deputy director of over here at the MSAIA and the patient advocate. And today is Bella's birthday. Um, so I just want to honor her today and her sacrifice and um, keep living her legacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you, thank you, Robin. Maybe, maybe you could, uh, from your your point of view, um, can you kind of give the history of uh, of many people need to know this and, and don't know it. Uh, 
um, of uh, significant of what uh, Ida and uh, Bella were able to do and, and how you work with them and, you know, every step of the way to, to where we are. Sure. Um, when I met Bella, she was about five years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, um, Ida came out publicly as, uh, you know, treating her daughter with medical marijuana. Um, and that it was helping, you know, stop her seizures, helping her quality of life. Um, and, you know, came forward through her cousin, Francie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you, you know, to work with us on the bill to re-legalize marijuana-infused products. Um, and what had happened was the Supreme Court had ruled in the Crothers decision that we could have um smokable forms of cannabis, but we were not allowed to have any liquid forms of cannabis or even beef, Um, no brownies. And so people were getting busted for that. And, um, you know, I remember saying to Ida, you're admitting to breaking the law and you're admitting to even possessing an illegal product. And she said, I don't care. Somebody's going to stand up and do this. And I'm willing to take that chance. So Ida would, you know, come to the Capitol um, with Bella for five years, five years, half of Bella's life. She came to every hearing, um, testified. She was fearless about it. Um, We did media tours all over the state, um, you know, raising awareness uh, about Bella and um, the hope that you know, medical cannabis can help, that there was a medicinal value. And, um, you know, we ended up tie barring the MMFLA to the marijuana infused product bill. There was one point where some business lobbyists said, let's just pass the licensing bill and forget about, you know, the amendment to the MMMA to re-legalize marijuana infused products because that bill took a super majority. So it was a much heavier lift and with the help of Senator Irwin, we tie barred them together and said, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ida was there, you know, pulling senators off of the floor and crying and hugging them and begging them to do the right thing. And I remember one of them saying, I don't like marijuana. And the only reason I'm voting yes right now is because of you. Um, she was, she was amazing. Um, and so, you know, I, I give her a ton of credit. She was there with Bella and, and their service dog, Thena, for the bill signing ceremony. And, um, you know, um, we're just so grateful, Ida. You know, you made a ton of sacrifices for our movement and, um, you know, put your own self at risk legally. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Ida and Bella. And so happy birthday, Bella. Happy birthday, Bella. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, that's, I feel very fortunate that uh, we're blessed with having you guys on the show today. So that's, um, that's really cool. Um, and, speaking and, and on Bella, that. Bella's, I'll just follow up. Bella's condition mm-hmm. was. 1P36. And, and mitochondrial explained how she, there was no saving. You know, the end of life care was the point. Yeah, so for for us, we were able to um, at home for uh, hospice and use medical marijuana as um, an end-of-life medicine, and it was encouraged from her doctors. Um, with her deletion syndrome, she also had a mitochondrial defect, 
um, which meant her life span was going to be shortened anyways. Um, and so when the time was right, I knew that I had to step back out into the public and keep fighting for rights of life and quality of life because it's very it's a very important issue and we need to understand that cannabis is medicine and it does have healing properties. And I just want to say, you know, the MICIA, we're so lucky to have you, um, you know, on this journey. I mean, I've always been very protective of Ida and Bella. Yeah. Um, I can remember um, after Ida came to work for us as our deputy director, um, and, you know, she's one of those people, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. If I'm busy, Ida can step in and take it over. She's brilliant. Um and, and has a true understanding of our issue and where we came from. And I have so much trust and confidence in her um, that, you know, I, I will say we're lucky, um, you know, that she, to have the opportunity to work with Ida. But I'll never forget after she came to work for us and she turned to me and said, Robin, you guys got me in and out of there for testimony. And you never really explained to me everything that actually you have to deal with in the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> and she was stunned. Um, and I, I was just like, we didn't need to know. We didn't need to know. We, you know, we just needed to, to get the job done and get you back home to be a mother. And so, you know, through a lot of that, you know, Ida showed up and she played her role, you know, in all of this with Bella, which was a very important role. But she really was so busy with Bella that we really didn't take the time to sit her down and go, you know, this is horrible. She had no idea how horrible it was on a daily basis, what was going on in there. And so, um, you know, I would say now she has a real different view of what we do. <laughs> and, um, and I'm lucky she's here because I trust her so much. You, you know, there's nothing more important when you work in this movement than the trust that you have with your team. Um, and she has a personal investment in this. And so we're lucky to have her be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> hey, hey, Ida, this is Kevin Pibus over at True Cannabis. Um, you know, the, the journey that you and you and Bella went down, is, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, we can't be more thankful as an industry. And, and personally, just I'm, I'm very thankful to you guys for all the hard work that you put in. Um, I, I got to imagine that when, you know, like Robin said, when you when you got going in this, you you probably didn't have any idea what you're getting yourself into. I mean, what what kept you to to keep going and keep pushing? I mean, you could have just as easily walked away and said, I have my family to take care of and everybody would have completely understood. Um, but you didn't. You, you kept pushing through. Um, what what gave you that motivation to just keep pushing and, and, and to get get to where we needed to be? <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> thank you actually for your, your words. Um, but for me to keep pushing it, it's her voice. She didn't have a voice. Um, she became an extension of me. So I had to figure out all of her thoughts because she was nonverbal. Um, and to see how people respond to a beautiful little girl who's handicapped and has special needs and all of a sudden has a service dog. And oh, by the way, we're using medical marijuana. For me, that was life-changing. Um, and, and everyone deserves the quality of life. No one should suffer because someone else believes that it's wrong. Um, do, your, do your homework, do your education, and take a step back and allow others to heal in whatever space is necessary for them. 
Yeah, I, I saw your pictures today that you had posted from her, her I, I guess maybe it was probably her, one of her last birthdays. And uh, I, I saw the, the joy that, that everybody had around her. And uh, it's it just remarkable, the whole story. Um, terribly sorry for your loss. It's, 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 you know, one of those things that we go through in life. You can't, you can't avoid it, but um, you guys have been so strong and, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really humbling, you know, to, to see what you guys have gone through and, 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 and we're so thankful. Thank you. I appreciate that. So one of the last time, the last time I, I talked with Bella, um, you know, Ida asked me to come say bye to her and I promised her that I was going to take care of her mommy. Um, and you know, when I hired Ida, that's what I thought I was doing. I thought I was keeping my promise. And the truth is Ida takes care of me <laughs> every single day. She takes care of everything. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the truth. She takes care of us very well. She's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, speaking of that, and um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be. I, I'm excited for for the the, the Michigan industry and um, really the country and 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 in the future, learning about all this and, and what's going on. And uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun journey to watch. But um, you know, you talked about it. You love your job. Let's let's get into it real quick. Um, if if Robin and I did a kind of a MICIA uh, year in review, like what what you guys did, what you're proud of, and uh, then maybe what 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 we're hoping for uh, for next year. I'll go first. <laughs> so, you know, we had a great year um, in spite of a lot of of horrible things. Uh, the um, State adopted a new set of, of rules um, to govern our adult use program. Um, during that process, they fixed a lot of things um, having to do with testing and batches and just made the whole program run smoother. Uh, we had a great team working yeah. on that. Um, took a lot of input from our members about technical things that needed to be fixed in the rules. Um, other than that, um, so that was a big win, getting those adopted in a decent form. Um, other than that, um, writing letters to the governor, getting other allied groups from the even the health field to write letters to the governor, um, asking her to declare us essential and keep us open uh, during the uh, initial shutdown. And I know that was something at one point that was kind of up in the air. Um, whether or not we would be able to even continue uh, making adult use sales. And the marijuana regulatory agency did a really good job of helping us transition, uh, pivot to curbside, um, yep. speed up the delivery applications, uh, you know, make sure that we had all the tools that we needed as an industry to keep moving forward. Um, when you really think about it, you know, having a program like this in its infancy for the state department and our members to be able to work together and pivot like that, continue finding creative ways to even continue inspections. Um, I've really got to give it, you know, to our state that we, we did incredible as an industry this year. And, you know, the state was good partners in that. And that's, that's important because I can't say that for every other state. Um, I talked to other executive directors across the country that don't, have those same positive experiences 
uh, with their regulatory departments. Um, uh, sometimes the regulatory departments don't care if the industry succeeds at all. So I think that that, that was, um, you know, a, a, a good realization for all of us that in an emergency, we can really count on our state to come through. Um, other than that, um, the pass this passage and en enactment of the expungement bills, the clean slate package. Um, a lot of our members testified in the hearings all the way through. Um, very excited that that got done. Um, we uh, formed our legislative committee um, this year and they did an incredible job um, fly specking some potential legislation and we're gonna continue working with that. I know Kevin served on that and your wife, Tom, Krista served on that. Um, both did an incredible job and we're gonna keep that committee um, you know, intact and, and continue working on everything uh, cannabis related that's proposed in the legislature uh, next year. Um, what am I missing, Ida? Uh, well, we were we did the masks. We oh, yeah, put together that's the task force. All right, tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Well, I just think it was really important that as a community we were able to come together in supporting one another in safety measures, and we were able to step in uh, and make masks and deliver them, you know, to the employees to make sure that of safety issues. Um, and then every you know everything that you said being deemed essential. Um, who would have bought cannabis? You know, it, it is medicine, um, and they're finally starting to understand that. And it's just pushing that message, you know, forward. I don't know if you guys remember at the beginning of the pandemic, like San Francisco shut down for like five counties mm -hmm. of cannabis businesses, and we were all yeah. in complete panic. And that's when our members were like, "You do whatever you have to do to keep us open." <laughs> and then, and then the second thing <laughs> was Denver stopped uh cannabis sales for one hour and like the memes like you know denver uh you know march 29th you know 1201 p.m till 12 58 p.m never forget right like I mean, it, was so, <laughs> it was so ridiculous because like people literally started piling into the streets to protest this and they were like whoa <laughs> turn the turn the red sales back on now you know and that is that i noticed um you know that i would say that was a quick experiment um and how many people like soccer moms that contacted me and were like where do i get edibles because i'm day drinking and you know i am way out of control just the stress that you know other um, yeah. <laughs> going through like all of a sudden all your teenagers are at home trying to zoom and everyone's having an emotional breakdown and you know the moms are like drinking so much wine they can't even go pick up the school lunches right i mean so i i think that i saw in my own community a real effort to you know um educate a bunch of moms very quickly on you know how to do curbside at, at homegrown and and pure options and you know um no i'm not gonna go get it for you <laughs> that's not my responsibility i know we're friends but i did i did you know a couple trades like you know I, well i've got some gummies here and you know we traded for some like really nice lemony homemade hand sanitizer so i mean i bartered a little bit which is totally legal you know but um <laughs> I, I played a serious role in the thanks for clarifying of helping the moms navigate where to get their their edibles so that was that was exciting 
I appreciate that. I'm uh, I live in your community, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, what's going on? How you been? Hi. Good. Good to see you. Good. Good. Yeah. 2020 seems like it's been an eternity, you know, with this whole COVID thing and a roller coaster of everything since the licensing act is only we've only been at this for a few years, but it seems like a decade, really. Uh, but my question to you, um, early on in this whole MMFLA and then the MRTMA passage, uh, with the MICIA, and if you're a license, if you're licensee in Michigan and you're not a member of the MICIA, you need to be. You need a voice. You need people there. We need to come together. There's a lot going on, and it seemed at the beginning, the main goal was to get the state to listen and kind of work together with them and get this industry going. And there are a lot of problems, and I imagine your job had a lot to do with um, working with state representatives and working with the the MRA and uh and as far as like how you represent the members of the MICA how has that changed now to today where it seems like the as the industry starts to mature and the state starts to come in line with some of these things you're saying yeah the state is doing a really good job we're starting we're making progress in a lot of the things that we first started to work towards now you have an industry where you are where you represent everyone in the industry transporters cultivators processors provisioning centers everyone uh let's not forget the testing facilities too but how has your job changed now that maybe the interests of your uh, members are now contradictory to each other sometimes when it comes to say uh transporter versus um a cultivator now you're going to work towards something like we need to fix this but this is going to affect a cultivator in this way but so the cultivators are working and saying hey what's going on over here no you got to represent us and i'm just curious to see how your job you know has changed in that regard and, and how you're handling it sure so you know there are some things i guess when we're working on it like if it's something that i know isn't going to be controversial you know, we'll just try to fix it. And I'll give an example. Um, one of our transport members reached out and said that um, essentially they were being required to bag the plants before transporting them and that it was causing damage to the plants and that it was, you know, very inconvenient. So we had Michael Patwell, you know, write up a little legal opinion about why it's not necessary to bag the plants before transport. Um, the MRA agreed with us. We contacted the transporters back and said, you don't have to wrap your plants anymore. So, so there's a lot of those situations that are just technical things that aren't going to cause any harm to any other license type. Um, when it's something more serious, um, the, the way that works, so we have a board, a uh, 13 member board of, rec, um, of, um, of board members and we have everything from um, standalone growers to vertically integrated businesses to standalone retailer to testing labs, um, processors. And so we, you know, our board is very diverse as far as representing the industry. It's not all big guys. It's not all little guys. It's a very nice mixture of some of the biggest companies in the state and some of the smallest companies in the state. And one of the things I will say that as we were working to form the board initially, um, you know, we had the conversation of 
You know, when we are voting and passing resolutions, it is so important that we are looking out for the health and welfare of the entire industry. Um, because, you know, we are in this together and we do need to look out for the labs and we do need to look out for those transporters. Um, and so that that is a general consensus that our board members have. Um, and so if it is something controversial at all, that is that, that we what, what we will do is we will have our attorney, Michael Patwell, will draft a resolution after we have a dialogue about it. Um, and, the, and then the board members vote on the resolution and it is recorded. Um, so we do keep a log of, of every single vote. Um, and, um, you know, typically, I've never had the board disagree on anything. I mean, they vote unanimously on pretty much everything. Um, and if it's something that we're unsure about, they might say, hey, Robin, we want you to go back and we want you to call, you know, a percentage of our members that represent and we want you to, and Kevin knows this, I've done it with him a lot, I want you to actually reach right out and I want you to get differences of opinions within our membership and talk through this with them and come back to us and let us know what everybody thinks and then we'll decide. So we don't always vote right out right away on things. Um, but but if it's something controversial where it's gonna harm another business, um, we might not we might go neutral on it, which we've done, and say, you know, this isn't our fight, um, you know, kind of thing. And you know, if you wanna go get your lobbyist and you wanna go get your lobbyist and you guys wanna go duke it out, you know, or more than likely we might try to be the ones to come up with a compromise situation. Um, and, and one of those examples was, you know, early on, we weren't getting a lot of notice from the state on changes that were coming. So, um, you know, when the first nickel test thing came up and, you know, people had a lot of crap that was on the line and we had a conversation of, you know, hey, just like the dairy industry needs time when you change their regulations and they need to change the food that they're gonna feed their cows. We need, you know, six months notice on any new changes so that we can run our environmental testing. Um, you know, obviously COVID was different. That was an emergency. But um, in general, the state has been really good at giving us the, the notice that we need now um, to prepare ourselves for new changes. So, so the nickel test is just one you know, example of a time that we brought in different members to work together to try to resolve something. Um, and then, you know, from there, um, I would say like, if it's a legislative thing, you know, the goal is to give it to the legislative committee first um, and let them, you know, take their time to sift through it. Um, and then essentially once we're comfortable with something or decide, oh no, this is totally something none of us will get behind, you know, that legislative committee would make a recommendation to the board. So, you know, I would say as we're growing, um, you know, putting some of those procedures in place to make sure, uh, you know, that we're operating transparently, I think is, is key number one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think Tom, you 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 have identified one of the the best things about the MICIA right there in this conversation. Um, Robin, listening to all the members um, and and being able to compile that information and have one person have the knowledge that Robin has is so beneficial to us. Um, there's a lot of times in this industry where. You know, I'll be talking to a transporter or a testing facility and they'll mention something that I didn't even know about my my job. Right. And it and it helps me figure out how to navigate and move forward. Um, you know, a lot of times people get really irritated with with uh, representatives, governors, whatnot, when they make rules or they make decisions or they write legislation. Um, a lot of times those legislators are lobbied by one industry and they've only got one side of the story. So they listen to that side of the story and they man, that seems logical. Let's go ahead and do that. Right. And they never got the input from the other side of the, of, of the table, right? Having Robin there on a, on a weekly, on a daily basis to be able to um, kind of, you know, differentiate all that information and decipher it and kind of explain it to these these uh, legislators in layman's terms and, and get them to wrap their head around where we're coming from. It's invaluable. Um, I, th- I think it's been absolutely great. Rob, Robin, I guess my, my question to you is um, how do we how do we mitigate um, these situations where um, they're only getting one side of the story. I feel like when you talk about some of these things that we get late notice on, um, it's typically about somebody lobbying one side, they've given them their opinion, they, they run with it before we even know what's going on. Um, but how do we how do we mitigate that on a, on, a, on a long-term basis? How do we, I mean, is it just being present? Is that is that really what it's about? Yeah, yeah, being present, um, you know, keeping constant communication, you know, with the legislators and state departments and, um, you know, because obviously the the longer we're here and the bigger we become and the more visible we are, you know, the more people start checking in with us and, and say, because we, we we're not just the MICIA, we have a huge coalition um, of people from uh, other organizations and, you know, the activist community and national groups and, you know, healthcare industry. I mean, we are extraordinary at coalition building and even if it's people we don't always like or get along with when it comes down to the issue if we need to work together we absolutely will and so um you know i know that i know uh, you know from the last 10 years and working on the campaign i know what we're capable of when we put our egos aside and all work together there's not anything that we can't pull off and you know we have the ability to really make some noise. I mean, you guys remember the protests back in the day and the planes flying around the Capitol. I mean, yep. <laughs> we're just waiting for the opportunity to get the band back together. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the band's a lot stronger now too. Oh, yeah. so, exactly. so, you know, I mean, I kind of say like, I kind of equate it to like, you know, it's like a giant sleeper cell, like wake it up and oh my gosh. And I think people know that, you know, I think people know that. And so, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, the most important thing is like, you know, the a lot, especially people in leadership positions, they know how noisy we can be and they know that we will, you know, leave no stone unturned. And so I, I feel like, you know, continuing to be present and active and advocating and articulating what our needs are and, and, and what our boundaries are you know, is, is is important. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we're still here because there's always gonna be some jerk lobbyist out there trying to do something niche for their one little client. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we're here to help balance that. 
Robin, that, uh, you know, there's something I wanted to ask you about today and just, you know, being here today and uh, being reminded of all the, the lobbying that, uh, that Ida and Bella did. And then just you talking about um, the way we can make some noise in those old protests. I think we're looked at as like now the legislatures, hey, like we we're pretty uh, for the most part, we're, we're, we're looking to do the right thing and completely. And they're not maybe. They know that you know we have honesty on our side. We know the 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 the, the methods, and maybe they're not always used to people being lobbied uh, to do the right thing and be good for people. And they're used to you know having a oh like can you do this for me? I need to get this bill in for this. So it's just a a different method. And then uh, you know Michigan stayed together great with whether it be Michigan Normal, um, you know, uh, you know, the, we have this wonderful listserv uh, with uh, Safer Mish and just all the different groups. But so what I wanted to ask you is, and, and speaking on that, for all this work we've done and put in the time and there's new people in the game and they didn't do any of that. And now we're starting to hear uh, that there's there's licensees out there pushing pretty hard to, to, to get the Marijuana Enforcement Division um, to kind of go after gold to literally go after people check things out with cops that type of stuff and i guess it's starting to happen um you know anything about like can you speak on that at all and uh you know what are we doing so um i guess i would start with you know this entire industry was built on the back of a social justice movement the voters of michigan did not vote to legalize cannabis so that a bunch of guys in suits could make a bunch of money. That is not why this yep. happened. It happened because people were sick and tired of watching their, you know, fathers go to prison, uh, you know, friends go to prison, um, lose everything, asset forfeiture, raids, arrests, families being broken. I mean, the the drug war, you know, was an ultimate failure, and that is why the people of Michigan voted for this and Ryan, you know, you're, you're right. And I know we've talked about it a little bit. I've had several conversations with my board of directors about this recently, um, that I have been contacted by a number of people in the industry who want us to, you know, join some kind of effort with them to, you know, call on law enforcement to, um, go crack down on the caregivers that are operating outside of the law or, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, when I hear it, it makes me feel sick to my stomach because typically when I hear it, it's coming from some guy who did not help with the legalization movement, who was not here for the last 10 years, um, who in a very entitled way waited for all of us to get the work done and then walked in and bought a license and now wants to turn around and weaponize law enforcement, which is putting their lives at risk, by the way to use them to go cut down on the illicit market, to raid people, to reignite the entire war on cannabis so that they can sure up their profit margins. And um, if I am ever given the opportunity to call them out directly, I will do it. <laughs> and I think that the consumers can care about it. I think they care about it. Um, so, you know, no, we as an organization will not be joining any effort to work in tandem with law enforcement to go bust, you know, small time 
caregivers uh, and it's it's disgusting because <laughs> this industry was also built on the backs of caregivers and i'm sorry but you don't get to go make a donation to the last prisoner project and use that as an excuse as why you're a good company if you're going to turn around and lobby to raid and arrest people for cannabis the two things yep. do not mesh we are trying to free michael thompson we are trying to release the rest of the prisoners we are trying to help get them you know back on their feet and 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 back in the industry if they want to be um yep. not turn around and you know reignite the war on cannabis and so i i'm disappointed because i have heard a lot of that i am aware you know i'm i'm very aware and um I'm so thankful to my board of directors and our licensed members for being good people and for yeah. remembering, you know, where we came from and for not not being willing to cause direct harm to families in the state who are transitioning from the illicit market into the regulated market, whether that be through, you know, licensing their small grows or getting a job in the industry. We're in the middle of a transition here. Um, and we need to support those people transitioning, not try to lock them up. That's called, yeah, it's called integrity. And that's what drives me nuts with these, uh, so the, the same people, um, you know, they, they're, they're the probably the loudest ones cheering for capitalism and, and I'm a capitalist and, you know, all this stuff, but then, okay, then why, 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 why what's so capitalist about spending all your time and energy trying to get this competition shut down? That's better than you. It's doing a better job. Uh, that's called, you know, crony capitalism or whatever it is, but that's a joke. So that's just, it's uh, it's a weird way to, I guess, for for us that don't, can't couldn't fathom doing that, like everyone on the show, uh, I guess it's just a different way of, of living life. But man, um, it's upsetting. I know everyone's going to watch, uh, be watching out for it. And uh, people that are listening, uh, you know, it's starting to happen. So be aware and uh uh, listen, listen, uh, I guess what's going to happen in the future. So, man. and that's just, you know, I used to tell, you know, I always used to tell the guys like, you better watch out for those weed fairies, you know, and, 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 and it's funny, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. I mean, it's karma. You, you, you know, people find it in, in this industry. And I tell them all the time, if you want to do dirty stuff and you want to, you know, be a rat and you want to go hurt people and all of that. Like the weed fairies don't like that. They'll come in and mess up your whole crop in the middle of the night and you'll walk in and you won't even know what happened. And nobody believed me. And then recently I've had some members be like, she wasn't joking about the weed fairies. <laughs> real. It's real. And I'm like, yeah, I told you it's real. And it, it is a real thing. So, you know, I mean, we got to watch out. <laughs> 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 yeah, Robin, I, I, it's it's crazy that, you know, we're going to sit here and take the funding that we've generated uh, to make a legitimate industry. And now we're going to go back and 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 go after the people that we were at one point in time. I, I haven't forgot. It hasn't been that long ago. You know what I mean? Those are our roots. That's what started this whole thing in Michigan. Um, real quick. I know we're, we got a, a hard out here real quick, but, um, you know, we haven't talked about the MORE Act. Uh, it was passed last week at first sight. I was super excited uh, that we're making progress on the federal level. And then I saw you and Ryan uh, chatting it up online about uh, the downsides of this bill, that there's the potential that uh, passing this bill federally could eliminate Ryan, myself, Tom, you guys from working in this industry because we do have a history in the industry. Uh, what, is your, what is your quick take on that, mm -hmm. if you can? Essentially that it was a mistake 
that happened in the committee that is going to be corrected. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I think that, um, you know, we have really good relationships with our national partners. We've certainly spoken to every single one of them and advocated, um, you know, for our state's needs, considering that we have a social equity program. In fact, licensees get discounts in our state for having cannabis-related yeah. felonies. So, um, you know, we. I, I think I, I will say to you that I have been in constant communication with every, you know, national, um, you know, in that we have, and I feel fairly confident that they are handling it. Awesome, awesome. Hey, hey guys, uh, man, I mean feel like we could keep going. I wish we see something bad going on. You always speak up, Ryan, so good, good for you. Yeah, well, you know, why wouldn't you? If it's, if it's a mistake, fine. It's you make, those bigger mistakes are happening at that level. Well, let's just speak up and say it was a mistake so we know. So we're not over here saying what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's pretty simple. So thank you. Thank you. Um, but we do got to wrap it up. I uh, wish we could talk longer. Um, uh, could keep going. But uh, Tom over at Really. I know, I know. So we got Tom, we'll, we'll let everyone say goodbye. Any final thoughts? And uh, make sure you, you get on your way by, uh, by two. So, Tom. What do you got? Yeah, I just want to thank you guys as always. And uh, it's nice to have people that we can band together with and with MICAA and all the work that you guys put in. Really appreciate it. It helps tremendously to have you in our corner, uh, both fighting the fight at the righteous level for sure. And I uh, wanted to thank you and uh, looking forward to see what the future holds. Kevin over uh, at True. Uh, hey, Robin and Ida, I, I just wanted to, to thank you guys once again. I love you both. You guys have been doing an awesome job. You guys are more than willing to put yourselves in harm's way uh, in a time of need, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. Um, really appreciate having you on the show today, and uh, I want to say happy birthday to Bella. You're not forgotten. Um, your, your legacy will live on, so we, we really appreciate everything that she did, everything you guys have done, and uh, I hope you guys have a great holiday, okay? Thank you. And Robin and Ida, any uh, any final thoughts or words of wisdom for everyone? We've heard a lot so far from you two, but what I else do you have? I just want to say thank you for having me on, and I know it was a surprise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm very thankful to be where I'm at and uh, to carry on her legacy and, again, to break down the stigmas and for people to understand that cannabis is medicine and that it's here to stay. Awesome. And thanks always for having me on the show and thank all of you for the tremendous support that each of you have given to the MICIA. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for you guys. And uh, we wouldn't be such an awesome, righteous association with like good ethics and all of that if it wasn't for people like all of you. Um, and so, you know, I, I just want to say like, I would pick you guys every day of the week to represent every single day of the week and and how grateful I am to know that I work for good people and and I appreciate each of you so thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks, thank Robin. you very much and you know, means means a lot and you know uh, as we as I sign off here um, you know just just thinking about uh, the, what we talked about today and what we heard on the, from the whole show we have you know Ida um, we have uh, Robin, you know, Kevin, uh, Tom, myself, and so many others. Like, 
look at the lobby and the history we have in Michigan and we talk about it's not a normal state it's not like going into Illinois and Ohio so with that being said for the all the the licensees that decided to invest in in Michigan because you're from Michigan sorry but you should have picked another state you know should have gone to Illinois Ohio Pennsylvania Um, because it's not happening here no if you grew too much of one (laughs) and it's all in the same package and it's spoof it's not everyone else's fault yeah you know you know iron sharpens iron that's it uh and uh this isn't a game for us. This is a way of life, and uh, you know we've, you know, literally been willing to to die for it. So that is uh, that's what I got to say on that. So you know we're gonna be there every step of the way. Yeah, you can you can count on that. We'll go kicking and screaming, and then come back after we get taken away. So you got that. And with that, everyone, thanks for being on the show, and see you next week. Thank you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.